Hey everybody, I'm Sean Rosensteel, author of The School of Intentional Living and host of Authorized, where authors go live to reveal their insights, stories, and best lessons from their most recent works. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. I'm excited to have with me today, Claudine Francois, author of Scrumptious Snacks Recipe Book. Claudine, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited for our interview. So my wife, kids, and I have tried some of your recipes over the past few weeks. Love them. So I want to talk about that in a moment. But what made you decide, I'm curious, to write a recipe book? You know, I kind of like to go against the grain a little bit. And um, having had to go gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free for health reasons, I basically wanted to prove all the naysayers wrong. Because <laughs> everyone was telling me, that can't possibly taste good. And I'm like, but it does. <laughs> so basically to prove them, to show them that it does taste good, I decided to compile some of my favorites that I'd you know, figured out over the years into this cookbook so that other people could enjoy the delicious food that I was having and still feel good in their bodies. Cool. So you're one of those like very difficult people to cook for. You're like, <laughs> I <I'm> <laughs> like, hey, can we bring over a meal? You're like, oh, that'd be great. But right. you about <laughs> the <meat. laughs> you're one of those. So, no, I usually just bring the food. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some, do you, do you call those restrictions? Are they, you know, what are they exactly when you say gluten-free, dairy-free? Mm -hmm. I call it a lifestyle. And I think a lot of people are finding that they feel better when they take out these things from their diets, just because yeah. they're really highly inflammatory. Yeah. And especially since many of us are under an extreme amount of stress, that's already putting pressure on our bodies. And so taking out the gluten, the dairy, the sugar just helps your body run more efficiently, helps you feel better, you know, not as sluggish, no foggy headedness. And then of course the digestive issues for those people who actually are noticing the digestive issues. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I will say that it took me a while to get used to it. So when you call them the restrictions, like at first it kind of did feel restrictive. Although having said that now, there are so many things, so many products on the market that you can use instead of gluten, dairy, sugar, that it makes it so much easier. Sure. Yeah. A few years ago, maybe two and a half, three years ago, I ended up going gluten-free myself and it was just amazing. It was for me, I just normalized all of the issues I was experiencing. And I finally got a test, a food sensitivity test, as we've talked about before through Everly Well and learned that I was highly sensitive and reactive to gluten and wheat. And uh, yeah, it's just an amazing result that you get when you've normalized so much of those feelings and the digestive issues that you might have. And all of a sudden you go off of it. You just have a whole nother level of energy, focus, everything. So tell me a little bit about your history as far as when and how you found out that you had gluten issues or dairy issues. So the, the dairy thing, I was, um, I didn't want to face it for a really long time. I'm from a family of dairy farmers. So as you can imagine, having a lactose intolerance issue is not the best thing to, to just, you know, bust out and say to your family. I actually went gluten-free first and it was kind of by accident. I was having loads of migraines um, to the point where I was just completely debilitated all weekend long on the couch, not able to do anything. And my husband happened to go paleo at the time because his family has their own health issues. And I was 
pissed. I was like, you cannot marry a baker and go gluten-free. That is grounds for divorce. <laughs> and I was like, no way. But, we, you know, there's no point baking stuff that he wasn't going to eat. So, you know, I tried it and I kept, I was complaining for like two months and he's like, fine, just go back to it. And I did. And then I started getting the migraines again. And I was like, you jerk, you ruined gluten for me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so yeah, that's how the gluten thing happened. And this was, let's see, how long ago was this? This was probably about seven, eight years ago. And there weren't a lot of good quality gluten-free things on the market. So, and because I grew up baking, you know, I'm half Polish and our job is to feed the world. Um, <laughs> nice. uh, I basically did a lot of trial and error to figure out what worked. And of yeah. course, you know, there may have been a few, more than a few failed muffin experiments. Um, but I eventually figured my way around it. And then the dairy thing, I ended up going on a, um, a seven, what is it called? Uh, there was like a, like a, um, a elimination diet. Okay. And, you know, I, I knew for a long time that I couldn't have cheese. Like cheese was just the worst on my digestive system, but I had told myself, oh, I could still have ice cream. I could still have yogurt. And then sure. I did the elimination diet and I added it back in. I realized, no, you cannot, not so much. Yeah. So, and sugar was the last and probably the hardest thing just because sugar like gluten is everywhere and in everything. Hmm. And I'm talking about refined sugar. I'm not talking about sugar that's naturally in fruit or sure. natural sugars like honey or maple syrup, hundred percent maple syrup, Right. <laughs> um, yeah. which is, there's a difference. Um, and that, and especially in baking, you know, cause in baking, it's all about your ratio of wet to dry things and your leaveners. And so when I did all of those things together, that took a lot of effort to figure out how to make, manage all that. Plus, I also, you know, in my cookbook, everything's vegan, so they don't use eggs. So right. It's like, how do you leaven without eggs? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's an art and a science, right? But luckily, yeah, you've put that all together. You've provided those shortcuts for us in the recipe book. So we tried three of your recipes, and I think our favorite across the board was Correct me if this is wrong, but I think they were called the chocolate chip cookie dough fat bombs. Is that yes. right? So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So we did those. We did uh, the energy, the clean energy balls, and we did the caramel popcorn. Now, what I found interesting, what we appreciated so much was the title looks delicious. They look yummy. And, you know, we have three kids, six and under, who are always looking to snack. I'm looking to snack, unfortunately, sometimes at night, you know. But what was interesting was the ingredients were so healthy and it was so delicious. Like you mentioned caramel popcorn, but it wasn't caramel at all. It emulated the taste a bit, but it was really good, but it was actually pretty healthy too. And with those chocolate chip cookie dough fat bombs. Um, <laughs> those were, yeah, those were a winner though. They were literally a mouthful uh -huh. and literally. And we love them. I mean, we have been making, my wife has been doing energy balls with oatmeal for so long as just a mm. snack. And we have a peanut allergy. Our two-year-old has a peanut allergy, unfortunately. So we've had to replace that with like uh, sunflower butter. Mm -hmm. And those were big hits. I mean, they went right away. We've made a few batches of them since in the past probably week. And what I liked was they were so healthy and they were rich enough where you only needed a few. You know, you didn't feel like you wanted to eat the whole container of them. You just needed maybe two or three. I might have needed five or six, you know. But um, <laughs> You're bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Right. So tell me, was that, it reminds me of like Jessica Seinfeld many years ago, wrote a recipe book that 
kind of snuck in some veggies and healthy foods, but made it fun for kids. And kids love these delicious recipes. So it reminded me a little bit of that. Was that intentional as far as how you were titling some of the recipes versus what was really in them as far as the secret healthy ingredients? Was that intentional on your part or did that just happen by accident? Oh, absolutely. I'm evangelizing here. <laughs> Not only that, but um, you know, there are some people who have um, just an aversion to anything healthy. If you, if you tell them it's healthy, they're going to not like it. And a kid can be like this, right? Yeah. I have two kids myself. So you want, you know, the idea is to get someone to try something and enjoy it without even them realizing it's quote unquote healthy. Sure. You, know, you don't want them to feel like they're eating a bran muffin. Sure. There's nothing against bran muffins, but you want it to taste like the original thing. And I love flavor. I love food. And I wanted things that tasted like what I wanted to eat, you know, the things right. that I remember eating. Right. So we have Lisa here. Lisa, we're going to get to you in just one moment. I have one more question for Claudine before we let you in the studio here. Um, so thank you for your patience. One of the things I love is a few weeks back when I got the recipe book, I was asking you about it. I have a very uh, big issue with almonds. Mm -hmm. Almonds for me are a big no-no. And they were easy to give up or eliminate, as you suggest, because it's not like I go out of my way. Almonds aren't buried in everything like gluten or dairy, right? right? So it wasn't difficult from an elimination standpoint, but some of your recipes called for like almond butter. And what I appreciated so much is I said, you know, we actually uh, su substituted that with sunflower. And you're like, oh yeah, that's great. Or you can use hazelnut or, you know, you weren't like so strict saying, no, you have to stick to the recipe or else it won't work. <laughs> you were like, oh yeah, giving me all sorts of suggestions on audibles based on my own diet or preferences for, you know, what it is I'm, I'm eating. So um, that, that was very cool. I loved how you were okay with us going a little bit outside of the strict recipe to get, you know, what we were looking for as far as the result we wanted. So. Oh, absolutely. And I encourage anyone to just use these things as a guideline. You, you don't want to force yourself to eat something that's not going to work for you. And so, sure. um, and I'm always open to people asking me, you know, what can I use instead of, yeah. Um, like you said, sun, sunflower butter instead of almond butter or mm -hmm. cashew butter or tahini there, you know, if you can't do nuts at all, tahini is a great one. And cool. so sun butter. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so difficult. Cause so my wife has a cashew issue. I mean, it's just, it, it's nuts. It's so difficult to cater to everybody's needs. And I want to talk to you about that in a moment. Cause I know you have a family of your own and you know, you're, you're managing all that. So I want to get there, but first I want to welcome Lisa here to the stream. Hi, Lisa. I think you're on mute if you Hi, want to. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Hello. Yep. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Lisa is a beautiful soul. She's a dear friend of mine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm just, I just wanted to, to to be part of it. I don't, I don't have to say anything. I'm just watching. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried any of Claudine's recipes, Lisa? I have. I, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm actually part of her team right now. So um, it's been a blessing. We've done the infusion waters. So we're like getting all into trying to be healthy at home. So yeah, it's been a, a real fun adventure. Yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Yeah, Lisa's doing my program, my four week program right now for um, helping anyone who's like got the quarantine 15 going. <laughs> right. Yeah, to get a little bit um, back to normal, right, Lisa? <laughs> yeah, this is this is all normal, right? This is our new normal. <laughs> I know, I know. For now, it, we'll for get, now, it could be a long winter season, so we better, you know, 
get at it now versus wait any longer, right? Or that quarantine 15 could be quarantine 30. Off the oh. Oh no. Right. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Hope Eat not. some more popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Good to be part of the team. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So Claudine, you just mentioned your program. Is that a 30 day? What does that look like? Is it a 30 day type of a program? And you know, what what does it look like? How do you how does someone begin? Where's the entry point? Yeah, well, a lot of, like I mentioned, a lot of people were saying to me, Claudine, I, what is with this quarantine 15? I've got to lose these extra pounds. What should I do? And so I created this quick and easy program that helps women incorporate weight loss into their normal routine. And it's, I want to stress that for, and stress isn't even the right word, stress is actually the opposite word. I want to underscore the point that for many of us women, stress is what's holding us back and the fact that we don't take time to learn how to release the stress or just don't take time out for ourselves at all so you know whereas a normal health coach would be like let's count calories and let's do your macros and let's do a ton of workouts um yes you can do that but that's not where i start and so the, the four-week program actually has um three one-on-one -on -one calls with me so that we can really customize something that's going to work for that individual and make it easily incorporated into her lifestyle Cool. So that's that's basically the, the the entry point or the trigger is if someone's sitting at home saying, oh, my gosh, the quarantine 15, what's going on with this and how can I get help? Right. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So is that program going pretty well? It sounds like Lisa's very excited about it. Yes, it's awesome. I have some wonderful women in there. It's just uh, such a joy to be able to serve and to, you know, they get out a lot out of it. I get a lot out of it. So it's just it's, it's such a blessing. I'm so happy to be doing it. Cool, cool. So, so women only, huh? I'm not allowed in. Sorry, no allowed. <laughs> you guys give us enough stress. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, we don't help. It reminds me of my my son built a fort this week, and he has a little sign on the you know right in the entry to the fort, which is of course underneath a dining room chair. It says no girls allowed. Mm. So I get it. You know, we've got our things too. That's okay. You can have your fort. Right. We can have my fort. Yeah. But that doesn't help me lose weight, right? So oh, well, you can you can eat the things out of my recipe book. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So you mentioned stress. Tell me a little bit more about that. So stress is the cause for so much of this. So can you just with your experience help me understand a little bit about that stress? Absolutely. So the stress response is, of course, when we feel stressed, our body starts to pump out cortisol and adrenaline so that we can deal with the stressor, which in prehistoric times was running away from a tiger or a bear or something like that, right? But our bodies haven't evolved to realize, oh, it's actually just a deadline. I don't need all this this extra, all these extra hormones to push through to help me finish this deadline. But the problem is, is that this when we have chronic stress, that those those hormonal responses are happening all the time. And when you have the stress response going, because it is designed to keep us alive, that stress response stops all other functioning in our body. So digestion stops, which means we're not absorbing nutrients. Uh, reproduction stops, which is, you know, when women are have a lot of stress, they often can't conceive. Um, your thyroid stops, your metabolism stops working. Our immune system is compromised. All of these things are hindered by the stress response. And so unless we learn how to either not get stressed or to release the stress, you know, if we have coping mechanisms to learn how to release the stress, then we're not, our body's not going to lose weight. Cause as I mentioned, metabolism stops, 
your body is holding on to the fat for dear life because it feels like, oh, I'm going to be stressed again. I need a quick energy source. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think I'm a big fan of Bruce Lipton. I'm not sure if you're you know, into some of his programs and he wrote The Biology of Belief, but you know, he talks a lot about how just organisms in general, whether they're single cell organisms or like our nervous system, we're either you know, in growth more mode or contraction mode. And when we're in that survival mode, that contraction mode, stress mode, anxiety mode, whatever it might be, there's no room for growth. And as you suggested, your, your entire system's shutting down. Mm-hmm. So how does someone know if they're going through that? I mean, like, what are some of the signals, some of the signs, some of the warnings that might help a person understand that, oh, my gosh, this has been my new normal for, you know, since the quarantine started or maybe for three, five, seven years. Yeah. How does someone become aware of that happening to them? That is such a great question. Um, so there are a few things for women, especially as you know, after we've had a couple kids and we start getting, we've started approaching our forties and beyond, our, our bodies basically get to the point where they stop compensating for us, right? They're like, yeah, you, I've compensated for you for 20 some, 40 some years, like forget it. You gotta figure this out on your own. <laughs> And so we start to notice that when um, we aren't taking care of ourselves, hair starts falling out. We start getting, you know, we could be getting cystic acne. We could have joint pain. We just have fatigue, foggy head. Um, And then, you know, there are other things that that are impacting our ability to function. Like if we're just um, we're constantly having digestive issues, which, you know, could be a sign of leaky gut. you know, there are just so many, you're basically, if you're feeling sluggish all the time, if you don't have any energy, if you're just kind of blah and you're you're starting to gain weight or you cannot lose the, the weight, you just have this stubborn weight, those are all signs that you have some kind of uh, stress, imba- uh, hormone imbalance caused by stress. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing for a lot of women is to give themselves time, right? Like um, for a lot of us, you know, but when we still had sports to watch, like the, our husbands would sit on the couches and he's totally fine watching a game for three hours on a Sunday where we're always, always thinking about, okay, I should be doing laundry or I should be, you know, helping Johnny with this or, you know, all these things that we should be doing the quote unquote shoulds. Yeah. Um, and when we get, you know, if we, you were talking about, um, uh, Bruce Lipton's, um, the, what was it you're saying? If you're not growing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We're either growing or contracting. Yep. Yeah. And so when you're in a stressed state, you're not being creative. You're often really irritable. That's another one. If you notice you're really irritable, if you're having a lot of mood swings, um, we're often pretty irritable. Um, and we just aren't having these great ideas and um, this forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed in my own life, when I started to give myself uh, two hours to relax on a Sunday, so that when I went to work on Monday, all of a sudden I was so much more efficient and I was more effective and I had all these ideas and all these things I wanted to implement and I was more energized just from taking a little time off. I mean, it's a crazy concept, but it has yeah. to be done. Now, are you sure you don't have room for me in your program? Because I'm experiencing all of it. <laughs> Maybe I can make an exception for you. <laughs> So I know I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not getting <laughs> symptoms, but I'm just kidding. You might have different hormone imbalances. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so help, help me understand this because in the last few years, I've, you know, I'm a very driven person. Um, I'm a very ambitious person. I began meditating many years ago because I, because of my inability to just sit in a dark room at, just by myself and not think about anything, not try to problem solve, not, not try to fix not try to do, but just be. 
So that was a challenge that I had for myself many years ago, and I'm glad I adopted that habit. But like what you're saying really resonates with me personally, but I'm also thinking a lot of my wife here. How it, it sounds nice to say, take two hours for yourself on a Sunday or any day, right? But I think we we're just so habitual in our behaviors. Like we've been running and gunning for so long that all of a sudden taking a break for self-preservation for self-care you know whatever it is we call it just taking some me time if it's just reading a book for 30 minutes you know just slowing down our world taking a few steps back to breathe to meditate to whatever it might be take a hike i think it's a really it's simple you know it sounds easy but i think it's a really difficult habit to break that go 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 mode mm -hmm. so what's your suggestion for someone because i think a lot of us including myself at times, we have a hard time doing that, just taking two hours or even an hour once a week to give ourselves that time to rejuvenate, relax, reset for the coming week. What's your best guidance as far as how you can, is that a habit sort of a thing? Is it a schedule it out sort of a thing? You know, like what's your advice for that? Well, we should live an intentional life, don't you think, Sean? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I imagine it's because Sean's book is all about scheduling your intentional life, right? Um, and I would say both, like a habit is just something that you have done so many times that it becomes habitual, right? Yeah. Um, and what I do, I literally schedule in my me time. So I have blocked out my calendar for my morning practice. Yeah. I can make an appointment during that time. Um, my kids are now on board with the fact that this is mommy's time the bedroom door is closed, nobody bothers me. Um, you basically have to, it, it's kind of like you draw a line in the sand and you say, this is starting now, everyone will get used to it. You know, if you're, if you have employees, they will get used to not contacting you at that time. Or if you're a really, if you're an early riser, you can do it in the morning before people start to actually want you. Sure. I'm not an early riser. <laughs> so, but between eight, and nine, no one has access to that time, right? Sure. Um, and, and scheduling it in, in my calendar, um, if it's in my calendar, it will get done. Like my workouts are scheduled in a different, and yes, I still use paper as well as my electronic calendar. I put them in a different color in my paper calendar so that they happen. And I schedule them because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a slave to my calendar and if it's in there, it will happen. Awesome. So let me ask you this then taking a step further, let's say I do that, but then I get pulled in a direction. I have a demand on me. I have to react to a, my, you know, an employee's on fire, my kid's on fire. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> not really. Get those uh, flammable or inflammable yeah. over there. <laughs> not really. So you lock yourself in a room, you say, here's the fire extinguisher. Here's right. the, you know. no, but so, so what if my intention is to do all those wonderful things? I'm scheduling it and I have an intention for it. It's like, okay, eight o'clock comes and from eight to nine, it's me time. What if you get pulled? Does that ever happen to you? And you know, oh, what are sure. some ways we can prevent that? So I would say there are a couple things. It depends on how often you're getting pulled, right? If you're getting pulled at that time every day, you probably need to come up with a different time. Hmm. Or plan your day better so that you've already, you know, like I, I used to be in accounting for 20 years, right? So we would have certain deadlines. You knew when a deadline was coming up, you had to plan to have things done before the deadline. So you, it wasn't a mad rush at the end. So when it comes to um, you know planning your calendar, if you know that something's coming up and it could potentially be an issue, either try to get it done earlier or schedule your me time at a different time. Cool. Um, and then 
again, as someone I know said in his own book, you have to have, um, you know, plans, contingency plans. So if like, for example, if I have my morning practice and I only get through and I do a few different things, right? Like meditation, visualization, reading, um, you know, some light stretching, that kind of stuff. If one of those things doesn't happen, or let's say half of them don't happen, I just try to work them in later in the day. But I also don't beat myself up if I can't get it done. You know, like that's sure. the, the purpose. Sure. I always start with the meditation because that for my for me that is the most incredible thing. It is the thing that everyone benefits from when I am centered and uh, focused and calm and not reactive to things. Um, sure. So I make sure, I get that in first, and then if someone interrupts me while I'm reading, well, I can always pick up the book later. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about your average day. I'm very curious because here we are talking about your recipe book. Mm -hmm. You also have a business. You have a 30 day program for women. I get it. I'm not in <laughs> or anything. <laughs> so you have a 30 day program, which is so cool. You are a wife, a mom, you're working at home. So, your kids are doing the homeschool, the virtual learning thing, I think you mentioned. Yes. How bless are you? Them. Bless them. Bless all of us. <laughs> right? <laughs> how are you doing it all? Uh, how do I do it? I, well, I time block, for one thing. And I'm kind of a, I don't want to use the word Nazi with my time, but I am kind of, whatever the, the PC equivalent of that word is, I'm pretty strict with my time. Um, and so I have certain times that I am available to my kids and I have certain times that I am available to my spouse and I have certain times that I'm available in the business. And maybe that's just because I spent so long in corporate accounting that I'm just used to having segments of structure. Sure. structure. Um, not to say that things don't go awry and I have to adapt because, you know, sometimes the Zoom link doesn't work for the kids, for the kids right. online learning. And sometimes they just have a math problem that needs to be solved. But for the most part, I do have a very structured calendar. Sure. So like what's to prevent, like I, I'm seeing that door, I'm just waiting for your kids to bust in that door. <laughs> We're live, right? right? So like preventing them from doing that right now, or are there they're just- teachers, probably. They're what? They're teachers probably, because they're both on online learning right now. It's 1126 okay. here, so they're still Got learning. Got it. So you have very strategically and intentionally scheduled this conversation around what else is going on in your environment, which I think is smart. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also really important to have a team, right? So my husband and I are a team and it's not like um, that I do all of one thing and he does all of another thing. Like we work together to make sure it all gets done. It's kind of like I was uh, saying to a client the other day, you have a bucket of things that you need to do. The, the, the bucket of things that need, the household needs to do. And you know, if, if everyone in the household is contributing, then the bucket isn't all things that you need to do. And to be really intentional about what you put in the bucket anyway, like, sure. if, you know, put the things in your bucket. And it's kind of like the big rocks theory that Stephen Covey did too. Mm -hmm. Like put in the big rocks, the things that are most important first that you absolutely have to get them. You have to get them done. Awesome. And you want to get them done and then fill in with all the other things. But if there's something that you can farm out to somebody else, go for it. it and, you know, you and your husband and your your children all have their responses. Like I was talking to her, but we all have our responsibilities, right? Like my kids are doing their own laundry. I do not have time to do wow. my children's laundry. <laughs> okay. I mean, how old are they? Two and four? Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're six months and 18 months. Yeah, right. That's awesome. <laughs> they got to contribute, right? Absolutely. 
absolutely. There's no one just hanging, loafing around around here. <laughs> We're yeah, all together. Yeah, contribute or you will be eliminated, right? Right. Are you paying rent? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but I talked to you a few weeks ago. I got to bring some male energy into this call. You know, yeah. got to be some balance here. But you had told me a story about getting your business started and something your husband may have done for you. So are you comfortable telling that story? Absolutely, he's amazing. Um, yes, my husband is the the most caring, compassionate man on the planet. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're a close second, Sean. Um, but he is. When I started my first business, he he was so supportive that even though he is a car guy and he um, you know he loves cars, he actually test drives and writes cars, uh, reviews for cars for a living. And he had the, his beloved Corvette that he had bought a few years before. But in order to support me in my business, he sold the Corvette. He sold his favorite possession. <laughs> that, amazing. Yeah. So that I would have some bandwidth to get my business started. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. And then uh, how many years ago was that? So that was 2015. Awesome. Awesome. And he's still there. He's still with you. It's amazing. I know. Can you believe it? Well, I keep telling him, I'm like, I'm going to get to use a Porsche. I promise. <laughs> That's awesome. So I get asked quite a bit about some of the routines or some of the rituals that I do with my wife, Karen. And I think a lot of people are curious to know, like, how do you guys do this? And how do you guys do that? So what's maybe one thing that you and your husband do that helps you guys to get on the same page, to function so well in the household, to you know, lead and manage the children so well. Like, well, what's one thing you can share with the audience today? Because I'm curious too, like, how do you make it all work? Because I think you both work currently from home. You're mm -hmm. both managing, you know, the kids' schedules and all their school and the business side of things and everything else that goes on. Um, so what's like one piece of insight you can give us as far as making that work? Because it sounds like you guys are a really good team that's well aligned and very in sync. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> um, before we had our first child, I read a book um, called Baby Proofing Your Marriage. And mm. that book talks about, because um, what, what typically happens when you have a, uh, a marriage and you have a child is that the woman takes on the additional, all the child stuff and is doing all of the housework or most of the housework. And so, and you know, many of us now are working out of the home. So it's just like this avalanche of things that happen to that the woman has to feel like she feels like she has to take on all by herself. And um, that can really cause not only a lopsided marriage, but it can cause some resentment and that can cause the breakdown of a marriage. So we really intentionally decided, okay, there are things that he doesn't mind doing and there are things that I don't mind doing. And we split those things up. Mm. So like he does the dishes every night. I will make a huge mess in the kitchen cooking because I love to cook and he will clean it all up <laughs> and he does. It's not like I need to tell him, you know, a lot of um, a lot of times you'll hear a woman saying, I'm constantly nagging my husband to do X. Well, I don't ever have to ask him to do the dishes. He just does them and he just takes out the trash and same thing. I just do the laundry or I just make the food. No one has to ask me to do it. That's my responsibility. Um, and so we split up things that way. But when and that was even pre pandemic. But now that we have this extra layer of kid responsibilities, we actually split up the kids. <laughs> I'm like, you get that one and I'll take that one. 
because he's my favorite. She's my favorite, right? No, we did the other way. <laughs> because he won't listen to me. <laughs> Funny. Funny. I know her principal on a first name basis. So awesome. What was the book you mentioned? That sounds incredible. What was that book you mentioned? It was called Baby Proofing Your Marriage. Cool. I wish I could remember who wrote it, but it's a really good book. Yeah, no, it sounds super helpful. I can remember when we, when our son Oliver was born almost seven years ago now, like no one really warned me about any of this stuff. So, you know, the first wake up call I had was, you know, it was a C-section and no one really warned me that when I, when we all got home, like I would have two patients on my hands for, for weeks. Mm. Um, so that was like a big, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be kind of a thing. But also longer term, three, six, nine months was like, I'm second fiddle here now. <laughs> you know, it's like no one warned me that, hey, you know, you're not important anymore. What's important, <laughs> the, the love and care for this in the nurturing of this child. So I felt a little isolated as a husband of a newborn mm -hmm. uh, or a husband of, of a wife. And we had a newborn. I felt a little bit surprised that like, hey, what about me? I'm not getting any attention over here, you know? <laughs> And then, and then I talked <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> talk to a few people and learned that it was pretty normal. But I love what you're saying, and you're, and you're right. I mean, I can remember Karen, my wife, really took on the full brunt of, of that brand new role and that brand new responsibility. Uh, so that sounds like a really neat book. And I can remember with our second child, our daughter being born, that's when I was like, she tagged me and I came onto the field. And now it was go, go time because, <laughs> you know, she would say, you know, do you have Oliver? Oliver was about, one and a half, two years old at that point. And mm. she would say, hey, do you have, you know, we're in the car. Hey, did you grab Ollie's bag? I'm like, he has a bag? What's yeah. I'm like, wow, I didn't know he had a bag. <laughs> so it was a real wake up call. That's when I really got called to the field. And, and I wish I would have been more helpful earlier on. But we didn't have those conversations ahead of time. You know, we were just trying to figure it all out. You know, after the hospital visit, we got in the car and we're like, holy cow, um, no manual here. So we're just going to have to figure it out. And there should be a manual. Why isn't there a manual for these things? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that's been helpful for me and my wife is when we read uh, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And mm -hmm. um, very similar to what you said about doing the dishes and taking out the trash. Like I, I was doing things early on in our marriage that were more along the lines of what I valued my own love language, not really taking into consideration hers. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that, you know, her love language was acts of service. And I'm like, how did I marry somebody who values me taking out the trash? Like, how could, <laughs> how could I let this happen? <laughs> Should have done a survey before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. But it was so helpful for both of us to understand what our, you know, primary love languages were so that we can, you know, do things that would please one another further, right? Um, so yeah, so, so important. So important. So I love the book suggesting. I think that's so important. I'll check that out. I mean, I think it would be helpful for us now, you know, I it, think so. yeah, it's helpful. I should reread it actually, cause it's been a while. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So going back to your business. So you're a female entrepreneur. A fempreneur, if you will. Fem oh, is that okay? Lingo, Claudine, come on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're not so good at it. Fempreneur. <laughs> You're married, two kids. What else? Tell me more about your business model. So you've authored this recipe book. You've got this 30-day program. Is that more of like a challenge type of a thing? Is it more of an online course? Like, what does that look like? 
So the it, there are online components to it. There are four modules that are short and to the point because nobody has time, right, to watch anything long. But I think the real um, kind of gold in it is that there's a call with me, a one-on-one -on -one call with me at the beginning, middle, and the end. So we can really personalize the program to the woman who's in it, right? Because everyone has different challenges that they're working with, different setups, different food needs, kind of like you were saying earlier with different food intolerances. So that the, those three calls are really set up to ensure that that woman has the tools that she needs to succeed in the weight loss. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So the 30 day program, what else do you, do you offer like a private program, a coaching, like one-to-one -one type of a thing as well, or? I do. Yeah. There are some women who want to do a very, uh, you know, more intense, longer 90 day program. And so I do have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Cool. Awesome. So as a fempreneur, See, I'm, I'm a quick learner. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> As a fempreneur, what would you say your number one struggle or challenge has been, especially this year? And how have you or what are you currently doing to overcome that challenge as a, as a business owner? Mm -hmm. I can totally easily answer that question because <laughs> this, I think um, the period that we're in actually exacerbated some of my natural tendencies, which were, you know, as a very ambitious driven woman, I tended to just throw my time at things, right? I was constantly doing, doing, doing. And when you're in the corporate world, there's, for the most part, there's a beginning and an end to your day. But as an entrepreneur, as you know, you could be working all night, you have your computer in front of you, you could be working all weekend. And for a while I was, and I was getting burnt out and I was stressed out and I was losing my hair and I was having all these problems that I was mentioning earlier that a lot of women notice when they start having a lot of stress in their lives. And I had to dial it back. I had to give myself permission to take some, take that afternoon off that Sunday afternoon. I had to give myself permission to make time for my morning practice and make it non-negotiable. So I had to get to the point where I said, this is important. I am important. I am worthy of this time and it, it's going to benefit me and everyone else. And it is crucial that I, I put that time in my calendar so that it actually happens. Cool. Cool. So who have some of your, so as you say that, I'm, I'm curious to know, like who's some of your role models or some of the people that you've followed who have influenced you um, throughout the last five years, let's say, since you started your business? Hmm. Well, you know, I was in a coaching program last year. It was, um, I don't know if you know Gina DeVee, but it was her coaching program. And in that program, I mean, Gina herself is great, but the women that I met in that program are just so phenomenal and such amazing, driven, successful women. And we've all, you know, so many of us have become friends and stayed in touch. And I, I am so thankful and grateful for those relationships because what is the, the um, I don't know if it's an expression or if it's a book that was written about the, the five people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that to be so true. Like, if, you know, when I was, if I look back on my life, when I was surrounded by people who were negative or just bringing me down or constantly complaining, like I was always kind of down. But when I'm around these other women who are just go, go, go. And, you know, you can, you change your mindset, you can change your life. And you know, yeah. the, the, they, they have they have made their morning practices non-negotiable and they still have amazing businesses. Like having those women in my life has been such an inspiration to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Community and the environment you surround yourself in is just so important. And you don't really appreciate that until, like you just suggested, you experience it. 
And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, there are like-minded people who are into the same things. They're challenged and struggling with the same things I am. And these people over here have already gotten to the other side and I can emulate them. And yeah, it's a really exciting thing. And that's, I think what, you know, part of the value that your 30 day program brings to the table is just that I would imagine. Right. Oh, being surrounded by like-minded yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and I would say the accountability too, right? Like having sure. someone, I mean, I know for myself personally, like when I, when I wasn't able to go to my normal um, workout classes, when we were shut down, I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to do this by myself. Like I, <laughs> yeah. like having someone who's constantly um, helping you fulfill your goals is, right. yeah, it's always a benefit. Well, and there's that social motivation too. Mm. Right? As you said, like you can schedule things, but with yourself all day long in the calendar and you may miss those, but you've got a coffee date or something on the calendar and you're, you're accountable to someone else to meet them there. It's a social connection you're getting out of it. It's not an issue, right? Right. Um, you don't, you don't oftentimes cancel uh, those types of things where it's easier to cancel on yourself, which is a yeah. problem. Yeah. So you have that whole accountability thing going. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, I fo- started following you on Facebook. I'm, very proud to say I'm probably the only male in the group. Stop it. My husband's on there. Oh, is he? <laughs> We're going to start a support group of our own. You watch. Right? <laughs> um, men who have sold their cars. <laughs> For their wives' businesses. <laughs> Just make it really specific. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that would be a community of one, by the way, because I wasn't yeah. nice. Honestly. So, <laughs> you got to get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you have had some sort of a success lately. I saw you were celebrating a piece of paper, a slip of paper. What was that? So although I had a coaching certificate, I really wanted to, um, I felt it was really important to have a, a good science background so that as a nutrition coach, as a health coach, I had that good nutrition and um, science in, nutrition background in science and psychology. So I spent the better part of the last year in a nutrition coaching program. And that is what oh. I discussed. Awesome. Awesome. And who's that through? It's through ITN, the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. Cool. Cool. So, so why ITN? What attracted you to them? Because from the ones that I looked at, they were heavily science-based. And as someone who's pretty analytical by nature, I, you know, I want to know the whys behind everything and I want to understand how everything works. Cool. So for me, that was a big attraction. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, as we conclude the show here, where can we find your recipe book? Where can we find you or maybe more about your program? On my website, ingoodcleantaste.com. There are also actually more free recipes on there as well. Cool. Awesome. Okay. And those were snacks. Like the, the recipe book I bought, that was all snacks. Do you have other things that are more like entrees or? Do, I yeah. do. Okay. I cool. have meals. Well, and I, you know, I have a blog, of course, too, which has nutrition information and wellness, that kind of thing. But yeah, I have uh, tons of breakfast, desserts, main meals. Um, I have, I, I like to throw a lot of dinner parties. So I even have like how to's cool. on how to throw like a good you know dinner party, and not lose your mind. Cool. <laughs> when are you going to have a show? That's a great question. I don't know. When is someone going to pick me up? I mean, Oprah, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her email went unopened. I checked and she didn't have a chance. Oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, well, next time. <laughs> next time. All right. Well, as we wrap up, if you could bestow one piece of guidance on the audience today, 
about anything, what would it be? This is a really tough time we're in right now. And I know so many people are going crazy, pulling their hair out. And I would just say, give yourself some grace because yes, it is stressful and no, it does not need to be perfect. And you are already perfect the way you are. You don't need to change for anyone. Um, you can of course continue to grow and become a better version of you. But in the meantime, give yourself some grace. You know, no one's grading you, no one's judging you. And it's like I said, everyone's having a hard time. So just be okay with that and give yourself some downtime, give yourself some time to regroup, but most importantly, give yourself some grace. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you, Claudine, so much for being on the show today. This was a blast. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Sean here again. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch future episodes. Also, go ahead and give it an honest rating so you can let other people know what you thought of the show. Take care and make it a great day.